0: Hi, welcome to Stammer Stories. My name is William Lavin, and I'm your host and founder of this podcast. In this podcast, we talk about stammering from all all perspectives. I'll be talking to people who stammer, people who work in the stammering field, but also people who don't stammer just to talk about the subject. And so today's episode is a very exciting episode, because not only is it our Christmas special, I've got a very exciting guest with me, Sharon Gafka, who actually doesn't have a stammer. And Sharon's actually our first Big guess he doesn't have a stammer so we're going to be talking about stammering from all all perspectives we'll be talking about what what Sharon knows about the topic we'll be knowing if she has anyone but also does stammering in general and uh, but also this is our actually our last episode of the year and we're going to be taking a small break over Christmas and we'll be back in January with a sort of the new series as I'm going to call it, and stay tuned for the end. They will be announcing the winners of Stammer Stories Feat Awards. So, Sharon, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. No pressure for it being the last episode of the year <laughs> to produce a good episode. So uh, thanks for that, Will. <laughs>
0: That's good, so Dory, It's going to be fun. Like, last year, oh, the Special was was Ed Bulls. He spoke about his Dama journey and, like, being in politics and, like, how actually his therapist made him become public about his stammer and actually he didn't realise that he had a stammer until he was in his 40s and his dad and then when he came out about his stammer his dad rang him was like oh that means that you've got what I've got and he was 70 when he realised that he's had a stammer his whole life which is just mental.
1: Yeah I didn't know that Ed Balls had a stammer until he came out about it and so that It kind of blows my mind that people sometimes don't even realise that it's something they have until like quite later on in life.
0: So I would normally ask this question normally on but when you think of someone famous who stammers who do you think of?
1: Do you know what now like obviously um I took part in your live episode so now I think of Stormzy but like Before that, it probably would have been, was it the Queen's father that had a stammer? Like, that would have been the most famous person that I could think of. And I think that's just because it's not talked about enough to the point where I didn't know anyone in, like, modern era that had a stammer.
0: Yeah. And, like, it's it's crazy how, like, there are so many people that you don't really realise. I was talking to someone about how, like, Nicole Kidman had a stammer growing up. And but you just wouldn't know like the actor who plays Darth Vader, he he's got a stammer. But also the story that I love the most is like Rowan Atkinson, like Mr. Bean wouldn't have been a thing if it wasn't for his stammer because like he kept on getting rejected by like different casting agents because of his stammer. So he created this non-talking character, and now it's a global sensational but not that many people realise but I think that one of the ones that catches everyone else is is, is, is Marilyn Monroe because people don't realise that her breathy tones are actually her, her coping mechanisms for her stammer. Did you know that?
1: I did not know that at all. I didn't even know Rowan atkinson had a stammer mr bean was like a massive part of my childhood and i thought it was just like comedic value that he didn't speak
0: yeah and but it makes sense like when ed sheeran did his bedtime story with cb about having a stammer like so many people were like hold on when did ed sheeran have a stammer and but it was so interesting how how the press pick up when Ed Sheeran came out about his stammer, the press pickup was crazy because so many people were like, oh, did you know Ed Sheeran had a stammer? And, and me, so I did a BBC radio thing about like Ed Sheeran's CBB's bedtime story. And, <coughs> like, we had no idea that he had stammer. Did you know? I was like, I, and I didn't know that it's such a great thing that he was doing this. And, but yeah, so... I'd like to move on now to a topic so as you don't stammer what do you know about the topic
1: I actually and this is probably one of the reasons why it's so important for people that don't have a stammer to come on your podcast is that I actually don't know very much um and I've probably own I've probably come across less than a handful of people like face to face um who do actually have a stammer and I guess when you automatically think of stammering you think of like worst case worst case scenario or like people with quite obvious stammers um and I guess like you know I probably well I say I've come across a handful of people I've probably come across a lot of people who probably don't even know they stammer themselves so I think my knowledge is very very low and it could be just down to lack of learning or naivety on my part but I guess that's
0: kind of part of the reason why I'm on this podcast to to learn from you wow and it's also one of those things that I think lots of people don't realize that they have a stammer, but like 1.5 million people in, in the UK have a stammer. And I think it's 1% of adults in all cultures have a stammer, which is really interesting. I think it's such a varied topic, but you don't really know. Like either you'll know someone, oh, my brother has a stammer, or, or, or my cousin has a stammer, but, or oh, it's just, Zero, like it was really interesting when I first started speaking to Charlotte Tobin, my, who helps me with some PR. Despite her being in like PR publicity, I, I was the first person who she had uh, actually ever come across with a stammer and like the first person who she had actually worked with, which I find absolutely fascinating because like, you're working with so many different parts of people. But she was, like, Well, I, like, I may have come across someone with a someone, someone that I just wouldn't have known, but that's why i i'm actually quite keen in your story because like you're the first person who i've actually seen but when i did my tedx i i did this thing like i did at a live event and i was like can everyone stand up if you know someone who stammers stay standing and if you don't sit down and it was really interesting how the room was really 50 50 at that point point. and then i was like one in 100 people have a stammer. so there's 200 people in this room, it still sounds terrifying now to think that I spoke in front of that many people. But I and so as I, was like, if my predictions are right, two people can still be standing, and two people were literally standing in that audience left after things. So I said, "This is how common, but how rare, stammering is." Because like you may know someone, but actually, there's someone in this room who may have a stammer, but not speak about it as such. And I think there's lots of times that people say, oh, they're nervous, they've got a stammer, or like they're nervous. And like there was a, a lot of like press around like politics saying, oh, that person stammered when they were saying their statement. And and like the amount of like jokey comments I've had was like, oh, you need to tell the prime minister some some of your speech techniques about their stammering. when it's like they are two different type of someone who actually has a stammer, or like someone who maybe stammers as such, saying their saying their sentences. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I guess there's a
0: difference between nerves and someone who stammers. Yeah, and it, but it's a really interesting aspect because like when I was do like with a live event, like talking like talking to Jessie who like has a stammer, and she's it, she's just an absolute legend, like. I, I had it already recorded with her for like another episode, and, on, like, and just <laughs> the energy that she gives, but well also just the response from that big video that she did, which has now 70 million views on it, which is just oh. absolutely incredible. In- when you think there are some world events that haven't been seen that by that many people, and it's literally just a genuine video of her was going for a drive through And like she said, so if you haven't listened to the episode, I highly recommend listening to it. And literally she just thought, let's just turn on the camera, do it. And it's really interesting how, like, every person who like who does TikTok, who I've spoken to, who does challenges, they said the moment that we start turning on my camera, it helps the thought process. And if I'm correct in thinking, you actually worked with people who stammered. And how did you find that? Like, were they open about it? So
1: um, it was never confirmed to me that they stammered, but their stammering was quite severe to the point where it was, for me, it was obvious. Um, I think one thing that I find maybe was a bit of a failure on the employer's behalf is that, you know, it was quite obvious, but it was never discussed. We were never trained on how to deal with it, or like there was never any conversation about how to make this, how to make the working environment more comfortable for that person. And I I personally don't know if it's because maybe that person didn't feel comfortable talking about it, or if it was just um, done like a complete failure on the employer's behalf. But, you know, I didn't know how to work like with this person or how to best work with this person. and it made me nervous, I think, because I didn't want to cause any offense, but I was only eighteen at the time. So you know I didn't really, but like now I probably would deal with it a lot better than yeah. an eighteen year old me would have done. But yeah, I think I was just very nervous on how to approach the whole subject.
0: Wow. And do you find it now, like when you look back at certain things, how if you look look at that situation now, how like your full process would be? completely different because of how much society has changed and like how because like one of the big things that I'm trying to say is that we now see like stereotypes we now see like disability we don't just think someone in 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 a wheelchair we think we don't assume anything and I think this damning like you said we think of someone with a severe standard like Mushy from Educating Yorkshire or like we think of the King's Beach like we only think of the severe stammer and i think people get very conscious about if someone says that they stammer they they think that they're going to get someone who's going to be stammering really slowly when you can sort of i can always tell by someone's eyes what they're thinking about of our stammer and which is someone may not notice at all but i can tell the moment they're just processing when we stammer but also i'm thinking about how they're reacting before I've even said that sentence which is just crazy
1: yeah and I think you know I think now my mindset being different or just being more mature I would have probably just asked and said so don't you know people don't find it offensive when you ask them they just find it offensive when you assume something about somebody So and you know that I think was I think my biggest fear was offending somebody because it was my first job and I didn't want to like be that girl that offended everybody that she worked with. So yeah. um, you know, now my mindset's very different. I would have approached it very
0: differently. See, so, so I think that's also like that's really reassuring for like people with a stammer to hear that. I think you don't just assume things, like people don't assume things now. And I think something like I said, the biggest thing is when people. You can see when someone's judging you about your stomach when actually they're not and and it is tough like it, it there, there there's a moment there was a moment i know i talk about the situation on my podcast all the time but at bake at Bake street tube station if you know how busy how confusing it is like i got lost was running late for a meeting i asked for help the person does it go over there so i was like great thanks and then i got Lots. So I came back, I was like, I'm really, being very British, was I? Like, I'm really sorry, can you tell me again, I'm, I'm just a bit late running from my meeting, and he said, as I told you for the first time, you need to cross the concourse, go over there, he literally gave me some, and when I, because I was quite anxious running late, my stammer was really bad, and he was rolling his eyes when I stammered, and then he told me to F off after, and I tried to raise a complaint to TFL, and they did nothing about it, like they closed my case, and I said, Oh, we can't find the person who you're referring to. And, and even though I gave him the platform number, the exact direction, the exact time, like, oh, we can't put the time on here was working on that platform. Like I didn't even refund my ticket. And, and no, and the thing that made me more sort of upset, slash aware was like, no one came up to me after, like, no one came up to me to see if it because I guess no one knew. What to do in like that situation? Like I think mean, that was one of it. And someone who I know who works at action starring children, he had a situation the other week, which is just so sad that he went to Starbucks. He ordered, doing like he wouldn't normally order because of his stammer, and the person at Starbucks mimicked his stammer and laughed in front of him. Did it in front of him, and Starbucks at first sent it sent a generic response saying oh we're so sorry to hear this send us a dm with more information and even though this was in a very london busy london train station you think of how much that can knock someone's confidence can you believe that you know
1: i find it when i hear stories like that i find it kind of mind-blowing not because um somebody who has a stammer is being mimicked but just i think it's very inhumane to treat anybody like that um, regardless of whether you have a stammer or you're just nervous or anxious and you're you're losing your words. I don't I think, you know, even though I didn't know anything about stammering and this was the first person I'd come across with a stammer, I'd never attempted to finish their sentence. I never um, assumed what they were saying and I never tried to cut in front of them. I would just let them speak. And, you know, regardless of how much time it took out of my day, you know, I'm, I'm, it's still your job to do what you're, there to do and i i actually find it really disgusting that corporations especially ones such as tfl which are not publicly owned but completely publicly funded refuse to hold their members of staff accountable for being completely rude to members of the public
0: yeah and and that knocked my uh, and uh, the nine ages were not wanting to ask for help and like if I need to talk in like a public situation that does not my confidence because that was what I was just explaining like the thing like in fear a pandemic like we were sort of a hidden community and like the mask. like when masks got announced because it's we may have a stammer but we may not look like we've got a disabilities so if we were exempt from wearing masks people would think why are they exempt they look absolutely fine but because most of our stammer, well, my stammer can be quite, quite physical. And the amount of times that I got taken to the wrong thing in like the supermarket or like someone put, put my name down wrong in like a form or something like that because they couldn't tell that I was stammering or they were rolling their eyes because they just thought that I was wasting their time because they couldn't tell by the mouth. But it's also like one of the perspective of how we're because the last thing we want want is to make a scene, but also we want to make it easier for ourselves at the same time. And so I'd love to talk to you about more about what you do, and like you are doing some amazing campaigning, and it's absolutely amazing, So, so I'd love to hear more about that and tell the listeners, but also, I'm going to normally I would ask this question someone who where was someone and would say how does your stammer affect but I'm going to flip it and I'm going to say can you imagine what you do with a stammer and do you think you would still be doing some 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 of the stuff that you you would be doing with a stammer?
1: I I think it would definitely make my it would definitely be harder if I had a stammer. I think I would be less confident. Um, And I think, you know, one thing that I've learned in life in general is the older I've become, the less I care what other people think. So I think eventually I would still do what I do. But I think it would have taken me a lot longer to get there. I don't think it would be on the same scale because I don't like to talk about it a lot because I don't think my life should be defined by the three weeks I spent on TV. But um, I don't think I would have ever applied for that, regardless of whether it was a joke or not, because I wouldn't have wanted to put myself in a situation where millions of people would be watching what I'm doing. Yeah. um, You know, obviously there's such things as editing and stuff like that, but you wouldn't want to, I feel like if you edit somebody's stammer out, you're editing a massive part of their identity. Yeah. So, yeah, but then I guess, you know, if I if I had a stammer, I wouldn't be as naive as, or, or I wouldn't, ha- I would like to think I'd be more knowledgeable about the subject. And then, you know, knowing about people like Ed Balls, um, in the political atmosphere who do have a stammer, I think, you know, that would probably encourage me to continue down the path I'm on, but I definitely think it would be a lot harder on myself.
0: Wow. And yeah, But what I... So I've got... So we, so we listeners know this, but I've got many neurodiversity boxes like dyslexia, dyspraxia, and I've always got mild... Oh, 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 mild oh, autism which not that many people realise but it's so much part of me and actually I've only started learning about some of the things about how it's been affecting me in the recent years but what I love is that you go to schools to talk about learning difficulties could you just talk about more about what you do in those speeches but also just talk about more about why learning difficulties fascinate you.
1: I think for me, like I, I personally, not that I'm aware of, I know that in women, a lot of things are a lot harder to diagnose, especially in teenage girls. But um, I think for me, you know, I've come across, I did a lot of things for a lot of young children when I was in, in school. And I did come across a lot of children that do suffer with learning difficulties and feel a massive sense of isolation. And you know, I've suffered with loneliness, Like I'll, I'll be completely honest. Um, and I think most so people that don't know me, I also host my own podcast called Girls Know Nothing, and it's basically for a way to, for me to be able to help young women find a role model that represents them, which is something I think is massively missing in society. And, you know, I've had neurodivergent guests on um, in many different aspects, and some of them are hugely aspirational because they've gone from really struggling to talk to somebody in the street or order a coffee to doing speeches and like yourself doing TED talks. And um, it's like, it's not in a way that I find them fascinating in a sense. I think you're um, like animals at a zoo, it's that I find it, I do find it sad that it's a a kind of hidden part of society that we know it's a thing, but we kind of brush it under the carpet or take it as a bit of a joke. which I think only causes further isolation. So I think that's one of the reasons why I try to outreach to as many people as I physically can. And I do think children or school-age people are the best way to kind of go about it because yep. when you educate somebody about who they are from a younger age, it kind of helps them find who they are as an adult much earlier.
0: Yeah, and I can completely agree with- I agree with that because I think but also there, was, so I think there are way more neurodiverse people than we know like I think there are a lot of people out there who are neurodiverse like Steve Jobs like one 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 of the people that I like Jamie Jamie like he's a big one and chef like he but actually he 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 can't read so like not, not that many people realize that he's really dyslexic and actually he, he can He only learned nearly how to read a book within the last recent years because of how severely dyslexic, and like Richard Branson, he's got dyslexia, and you've got, but also he had a stammer as well, like Richard Branson, like, you just wouldn't know, but there are so many people, like Walt Disney, he have dyslexia it. But one of the things that I love about neurodiversity is that I don't think people see see the creative aspect of it because we have a separate bit in our brain that just sees a situation, in a different. Like like I am a very methodical thinker because of my manual diversity. And and I don't think like, so I sometimes spook people out by how much I plan something. Like I am the most, like sometimes I have to do a plan for my plan. And it's, it's, so I, I really spooked out my line manager. When I was doing my Multiverse Apprenticeship, so I had to do a project like my end of friendship was a project and I, I was doing a plan like my my full agenda and I was so my coach I my I was like okay so how are you planning?" I was like oh I've done my plan for my plan and, and they're like you're going to have to repeat what you just said then I was like, what do you mean like you've done a plan for your plan and literally I had done a full laid out speech literally laid out, they're like this makes so much sense, but also no sense at all. So like, what have you done here? Because it was just like, we can actually see all your thought process and like, every process of what you needed to, to do. And like, if people saw my TEDx speech beforehand, you would think this is so confusing because I had literally split up in like my presentation slides, I had done like keywords and like color coded it. Like, but one of the things is that we bring a creative aspect, but I don't think people see and I, that's why I champion it in the workplace because I think there are so many roles there you neurodiversity know, should be encouraged because we bring a different aspect into a workplace and I think there's so many ways that we can bring in like also we can have quite sensitive thoughts as well so it's which I think may not come in handy in some workplaces but actually you may need it so I think you may so it may be a softener on like certain bits but it's fascinating but also what I love is that how now more people are now getting diagnoses. the older that they get because so I think people are now learning more about it and they think oh actually that could be me so I'm going to get diagnosed for like ADHD or like and have you, do you know people who have recently been diagnosed that well before?
1: Well before they are adults? Yeah. Um do you know what? I only ever know of young men, like young boys that get diagnosed with things from an early age. Um, And I think it's actually, I, because I went to an all-girls school, so my my um area was kind of split into boys and the girls, and I think it was more common to hear of neurodivergent teenage boys yeah. than it was to hear of neurodivergent teenage girls. And actually, in my school, I think if we really thought about it, it would have been, like now as adults, we think back to it and we're like, Yeah, that like these things were there, Um, but back then we just thought like, oh, someone was quirky, yeah, for example, or like they were just a little bit different, or you know they were better at certain subjects and not others. And I don't, and I think that's probably where the lack of in not not lack of interest is a bad way of phrasing it. The lack of like knowledge of how to deal with younger women who have these special quirks in their personality um and how to better use it because i always think you know like school is uh, i I feel like they try to make it one size fits all
0: yeah
1: um and like you know i'm not i don't i don't know if i'm neurodivergent in any way shape or form but i always find i always found it really difficult to concentrate on specific things whereas other things i was really naturally good at and actually i think my a levels probably showed that because in one subject i was like at the top whereas in other subjects i'd be completely at the bottom and it wouldn't be down to like my ability or how intelligent I was it would literally just be down to like how I could concentrate or like how certain skills I had did better to me and I think you know it's it's really important to teach young people that it's not a one-size-fits-all if you're good at something you should pursue it and not really listen to tables and all these other things but I think that's why it's a passion of mine as opposed to like um like you know a personal experience.
0: Yeah. And if I told so fun fact, it's actually one girl to every four boys yeah, you know, stammer. So it's actually way more common in boys and it's and actually is quite rare to come across a girl who stammers as such because it's just way more known in boys than it is in girls. So it's I find really interesting because apart from Malin, Monroe. And, well, I guess when you think of a Stammer role model, you only think of a male, don't you? The main people who come to your head are only male, because there aren't, apart from Jessie, the incredible Jessie, now, but there's, but you don't really think of that many female Stammer, because if, 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 so if I didn't mention Malin Monroe or Nicole Kidman, would you have been able to name a girl who's Stammered?
1: Apart from Jesse, um, no, literally. Apart from Jesse, I would have no idea. Because actually, well, the, um, the my ex-colleague that stammered was also female, but I think that would have been the first female stammerer that I've ever come across in my life. Um, but wow. I couldn't name. I couldn't name a celebrity.
0: Interesting. And so we sort of briefed on it, but to celebrate, in, 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 to celebrate in, in International Standing Wednesday, you joined us at our first ever live event, which was a great success. We had the incredible Jesse, and, and it still makes me quite a uh, emotional listening back to the audio, because I don't think I fully stoked it in until I listened to the audio, because, because you know when you do these sort of events, we're in such a zone. And I think, and you joined us to do some... I, uh, to watch you event, but also you hosted some content which i absolutely love but also your what i found really interesting was when i taught you so i taught sharon how to stammer and just by her brain thinking you actually stammered before whilst you're thinking about some of the things which i still find really interesting about because your brain was thinking about it Do you remember what was sort of going through your your head when you when I made you stammer? Do you remember that thought process? I remember
1: feeling frustration. I think it's quite evident that I talk a lot um, and that I don't have any issues with talking. It's probably the best, it's probably the one thing I'm extremely good at. Um, but I think I remember I remember feeling a massive sense of frustration because I knew exactly what I wanted to say and how I wanted to say it but physically was unable to get it out and deliver exactly how I wanted it to be delivered um, and I think that's probably where even though I am naive to like what stammering is and how to help somebody who does have a stammer I think that's why I was always so patient to people that maybe aren't getting their words out in the right way um it's not the same by any mean feat but like you know my mum's first language is not english and she sometimes struggles to get out what she's trying to say so i guess i learned patience in that sense but i can i i think i always looked to her frustration and took that with me for throughout my life so you know it's not the same as stammering but the frustration's the same
0: yeah and I can completely get it, but also it's really interesting how, like, there are so many emotions that we go through, I don't think people realize that when we stammer, there are so many thought processes, like we're always pre-thinking our sentences to sort of proofread it, like to proof stammer it in our heads to know that will we stammer on X, Y, and Z and will it affect us in that way, but also. Well, there are certain situations where, when I don't want to stammer, I'll stammer. But when I do want to stammer, it sounds really bizarre. I don't stammer at all. So there's been times when I've done like press interviews and I've come to talk about my stammer. But actually, I stammer only once or twice, and it sort of like defines the sort of point. But that just shows how like every stammer is different. And before I did my TEDx, was like to, to my ma- manager, was like, I- I- I'm really scared because I've had a really fluent week and I'm going to be doing a TEDx about having a stammer but actually I've not been stammering much at all and then she was literally like you wait until you stand on that stage your stammer will be by your side and literally it, it was very in a heartbeat and um, but it's so interesting how like, your thought process can think but writing my speech what I find is when I write speeches for my stammer because when I write it, I'm used to like changing words, so so I don't stammer on that word. But it, it was like, like like a brain clash, like I want to include words that I'll stammer on, because I'll stammer. But my other side of my brain was like, no, you're stammer saying that word, so take it out. So it's sort of like that clash in the thought process of saying you should say that word to help you, but also you shouldn't at the same time which is really weird when I say it out loud, but it sort of makes sense in our own heads, like, when we stammer. But one topic that I want to cover, because it's really interesting getting different people's perspective, is, like, how stammering is, like, portrayed within the media. And I think it's an area that you only... when, When you see someone who stammers, you only think of... Like, it's only in a stammer environment. Like, you don't really see it in, like... A a drama, then does the character has a stammer? Like you don't really see it in that sense, and, and then I think it's quite far and few between. Like I know like there's a Bridgerton character who stammers, and there's the odd like character in the rare, rare show that just has a stammer, but it's not really the main focus. How do you think we we can represent stammering more in, in in the media in a good way? to help, sort of help the message, but not drawing too much attention to it?
1: I think it's about normal, I think, like, the whole part of it is down to normalising people with stammer in society. Um, I think it's the same way when you normalise anything, you make it more available in media. And, like, even if you're not worried about, if if you're worried about drawing too much attention to it, I I think, you know, even having characters in children's shows, would yeah. be a massive improvement or a massive step in the right direction because then young children that potentially show symptoms or signs of stammering can say well actually you know there's somebody like me on media um, yeah so I think like CBBs if if anyone is ever listening then you should probably consider that but you know um, even if it's not like if we're I think it's it's a hard one to place right because you don't want to be seen. I think it's one of those things where you don't want to seem to be tokenizing somebody.
0: Yeah.
1: But you want to you want to highlight it as a serious topic because it is. But um, no, I think children's TV would be a really good place to start. And also, I think it'd be really good to educate because I don't know. I don't know if stammering's genetic, but even if it's not, it's really helpful for parents of children who potentially will stammer long term to see something as well.
0: Yeah i'm really like I'm, and actually that's a perspective that i've not really heard before and i think that actually makes so much sense because i guess like we are now brilliant and like bringing in more like diverse like princesses and, and like bringing in more diverse and like you see the reactions of these kids when they see someone like them in like a show when you think actually why why couldn't that be because like you have like there, there are so many op- some opportunities where it could happen. And like a very easy, like it's something that people think, oh, it will cause a lot of effort, but actually it's a very easy character to like fit into a storyline because they don't have to be the main focus. But you can still have a character who stammers. And I think, oh, that's really interesting.
1: Yeah, because when you said that, I was thinking about the reaction to, you know, having a black mermaid in Little yes. Mermaid and we saw the reactions of young black children everywhere where it was so amazing and imagine like you know you said there are so many people out there with stammers that are probably a bit more hidden away like you could just imagine the same kind of reaction right
0: yeah and I and one of the things that I that I'm noticing more is when people now being more open about their their disability and I think what I was watching quite a lot, like when Tash first mentioned about her, like being deaf on like, Love Island, watching the response on social media, and actually how supportive it was. But also when someone was mocking her speech, the amount of backlash that, that person got for it was actually way better than I thought it was going to be. And because I think now we're being more open about being more about it being less super, than I think. Just, and like when Rose won Strictly or when with her dance and I think there's so many ways on now just like bringing it in but also how supportive everyone is who but also to learn something new I think to make to change a stigma we need to make the change ourselves and like it may be hard to make that change but the same stigma so when I did a radio full recording with Michael Rosen, he started off saying, this, like, "This blurb was from like Shakespeare," and about he had written a character years and years ago about someone with a stammer, and it was really funny how the how he wrote the stigma or stammering has not changed at all. So from when Shakespeare wrote it, it's still the exact same message as it is now in 2022, which is mad absolutely mad and so you think surely a middle changed since then but actually nearly word for word how he described it how like this this script from Shakespeare was like the statement's not changed at all since Shakespeare's times.
1: I think that's um first of all before you start talking about Shakespeare I was wondering whether this was you telling me you were going to apply for Love Island. <laughs> um... <laughs> no definitely not. <laughs> So I was thinking, I was like, where is he going with this? But um, no, I've, I actually, do you know, it, I find it mind blowing, but I'm not surprised
0: yeah. because
1: I find that, you know, the more we hide something away or refuse to talk about it, then societal images or stigmas won't change. Um, and I think it's the same with any, any disability or neurodivergency where people, the lack, the, the lack of understanding means there will always be a stigma and i think that's why it's so important that you're doing what you're doing with this podcast in the sense that you know people like people that have a stammer or people that have anything will the first thing you automatically do which i don't always think is helpful because it can be bad but when you you google it don't you yeah and when there's something there's such a lack of awareness of something um obviously i'm i'm assuming stammer stories will come up quite highly when you when it comes to stammering because i do feel like there's not a lot of resources out there and it's probably really helpful for people with a stammer to listen to and learn from other people's experiences and hopefully you know having people you know you have guests that don't stammer like helps bring attention and awareness to such an issue that it will hopefully change that stigma but it's unfortunately it's kind of you know you have to be the change you want to see I guess and I guess that's what you're doing.
0: Thank you and uh, when I think what I'm very passionate about because it is a very self-isolating top um self-isolating thing because even though there are many people who have it, you feel like it's, it's a single struggle on yourself who's going through it and it's harder for you to express how you're feeling to someone who doesn't fully understand and actually you may have a stammer but you may have not known someone else with a stomach your whole life so you can't really reflect it like you may see a speech therapist but you can't really reflect it and what i'm passionate about showing is that having someone shouldn't hold you back but also everyone needs like you say is that like like when everyone needs an everyday role model i think to look look up to and i think there are so many people in different industries that you may want to go into but you're afraid of how i'm working in like the media industry may affect someone, or like you you may want to become a nurse let's say but you you're afraid of how having a stomach may affect But there's a role model out there who's a nurse with a stammer who's doing it and there's so many people in like different areas different industries doing different things but we've not let it hold their stomach but and i think we can all relate like we can relate to people in like celebrities you can but you can't relate to them on the everyday level as such and, and i think that's why jesse's a really good role model because you can look up to her in an everyday environment like going out to order your coffee and I think it's very hard to like be able to relate to someone like it's great and actually it's really interesting to see people who have paid a stammering role who are now a role model in the stammering community but don't actually have a stammer themselves like Colin Firth since playing the King in the King's he's now a vice president for action Stammering children because he's he because of having to learn how to stammer he he's become interested but i think to look up to some it's really weird how you can't because you because sometimes you think oh they're fluent how can they speak so fluently and it's like actually what is the definition of fluency and so we sort of spoke about the stigma from like, different areas, but a question that I ask every person who doesn't stammer is, I'm going to talk you into a situation, to a scenario, and I want to know, like, we've sort of spoken about it at night like, trips and drabs. And if I, so you're in a London station, you're standing behind the queue or someone with a stammer going to order, you see that that person behind the counter is making fun of someone with a stammer and you can see a person is struggling with the situation but doesn't want to make a scene of it and so what would you do in that situation
1: um i i always make a scene no i i don't but i would say something i find that by being a bystander to something like that makes you an accomplice um and it doesn't make you any better than the person that's mimicking somebody else but also you know. Stammering isn't I don't I mean correct me if I'm wrong but it's not always something you're born with it can be something that comes later down the line and you don't know if you're one day going to be that person that impacts and you would hate for somebody to do that to you so why would you be okay with watching it being done to somebody else so I would say something um and I would always make sure that that person is okay um yeah, but I think it's I think I'm always I'm, it's quite evident as well. If anyone that ever knows me, I'm not afraid to say what I think. So um, I think naturally that would come quite easily to me.
0: Yeah. And that is, is like I think the thing that some of us do. The last thing they want is like a scene that they want reassurance that other people are sort of aware. Like we don't want to seem like we if someone finishes our sentences what they don't realize is that we stammer more so it's not so it's also like revenge back to that person if they try and finish our sentences or say hurry up we will actually make them be in that conversation for longer because we'll stammer more which is actually does the wrong thing of what the other person was trying to do and I think having that support of people behind you of knowing that to say something but also to make sure that it's sort of spoken about. Because I think you wouldn't tell, like why should you why why do people think it's okay to do to tell someone to hurry up saying say their sentences mm-hmm. when you wouldn't tell a granny to hurry up crossing the road? Like what is the difference in that? Like you wouldn't tell someone to hurry up saying their words or like you wouldn't tell someone with who whose English may not be their first a language say hurry up or something you wouldn't say in that situation so why do people think it's okay to some of us stammer so come on spit it out or someone you can say like the amount... I would be rich if someone said e, if I had to pound for everyone said oh spit it out which is bizarre.
1: I would be a very angry person if somebody said that to me. So yes. no like you know I have come I have people in my life who do not struggle with speech but you know like for example my nan had a stroke and heaven forbid that person if they turned around to her when she was alive and said spit it out because it did slow her speech down and that person would be not be walking for very long if they'd said that in front of me so you know I I you know I don't I don't think it's appropriate to ever say that to anyone regardless of anything and you know like you said earlier not all disabilities or struggles are visible so I think it's really it, it will it will never do anything work it will never take anything out of your time to be nice yeah um and it's free so exactly. you know
0: so Sharon I've got one last question for I'm going to ask you to round up this the episode before I announce the winners for the awards so this is a question that I asked every guest if they stammer or don't stammer if you could give three pieces of advice to someone who stammers and three pieces of advice to someone who doesn't stammer what would they be
1: i think actually the advice would be the same i think you it's about learning about yourself first um you know coping mechanisms is the same for people that stammer and that don't it's about um finding your own hobbies thinking about who you are deep down as a person. And that gives you a level of reassurance that nobody can ever take away from you. So I think that that's something that's really important. I think, what would I give to someone who does stammer? I think actually don't, I, don't, I think it's the same. I don't think it's the same as people that I speak to on my podcast. I don't think you should let anybody hold you back. You know, people will tell you all the time, that your dream is not meant for you, but the only person standing between you and that dream is yourself. And you know, if someone if you're an, if you're a, a person with a stammer and you want to be a nurse, the only person that's stopping you from being a nurse is yourself, realistically. Um, I know it'd be difficult. No one will ever tell you it's gonna be easy, but um you have to, I guess you have to be that role model that you you wanted to see with growing up. And I think the third piece of advice I would probably say,
0: oh, it's really tough. But I would probably say that
1: I think building a very good support network is going to be something that's really important. I think, you know, there are times when I do stuff in my day-to-day life that is completely challenging, where I've had to make myself very vulnerable in the public space. And I wouldn't be able to do that if I didn't have a very good support network around me. So I think it's really important that you find a way to build that for yourself as well. Um, I think it's also impo- oh, it's not a piece of advice but it's also important to remember that these things don't come easy um unfortunately it will always be an uphill struggle if you don't have a stammer if you do have a stammer but eventually it will be worth it but I think you just have to be reassured in who you are as a person and that your stammer doesn't define you and other aspects of who you are does
0: yeah and um, I absolutely love that it's that great pieces of of uh, advice but I think it's just so true as well what is holding you back? Like the only person. I... So my new motto in life is to give myself a reason to say no, and rather than give myself a reason to say yes. And 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 you'll realize that the reasons you're saying you're giving yourself a reason to say no are my you, and absolutely You can overcome those to make yourself say yes to. And, and I think there's certain things that we do have to push ourselves outside of our comfort zone to. But also, just think of the aftermath of how good you'll feel. After, like there's someone who I speak to in the stammer community who's doing a a big speech and about her stammer, and she's an a absolute legend. And I said to her, "You may be nervous before, but think of how good you'll feel after from doing it, because you will feel like a whole new person after doing." It, but also it it there will be a memory that you'll never forget. Because the moment you did you first did your team presentation with a stammer, you'll feel great. That first like t- friend meetup you organized, you that will feel great. Or like you wanting to see a film with, with your local cinema and, and you got to all make yourself got to a person to order the tickets and rather than use for the, you know, the machine with self-serve machines. And like, you'll feel so good for doing those for little things that you'll realize that it helps you massively build up your confidence and to say yourself like different like I I really don't do my, do my own advice like I I do one challenge and then I times it by 100 to make it yourself even bigger because that's how I work like I think if I can do a team presentation why don't I put myself forward to do a company-wide panel or like my if I can do a radio interview why don't I put myself forward free? TV, live studio, TV interview, because the bigger challenges you give yourself, the bigger adrenaline you feel, but also the less likely you'll, you'll think about your stomach. Like, the more other things you got in your head, your stamina will be the last thing. It will just fly over your, your head. And now, moving swiftly on to, the, to a very exciting bit. So, Stammer Stories launched in April 2021. We've had over 4,000 streams now. We've been We've been listened to in over 60 countries, which is absolutely incredible. But also, the, stam- the stammering community has been doing some incredible work. So now it's time to do Stammer Stories Awards, which I thought to bring in some positivity because at the minute we're going through quite a, quite a tough time for lots of people. So let's bring in some positivity. So I'm going to be announced we have four different categories, and there's also a fifth category, but I'm going to keep that a surprise for when I'll be posting it on social media, which is the overall episode of the year, so we've got our first episode, which is Sharon, feel free to uh, um, do a cheer because it just me and you on this call, so, so when I do a winner, feel free to do a <laughs> <laughs> this is so no pressure at all. Um, oh god, okay. So we got four different categories, we've got the inspiring story, which is amazing people with a stammer who've come forward to share their story, and it's, it could even be their first time talking about a stammer we got a stammer ally award which is people who don't stammer but have been willing to put themselves out there to talk about the subject and doing also they are a they are a so really good ally to the community we got a familiar face award which is someone well known with a stammer who have come on and shared their story from the stammering perspective and that's the perspective that they want to get across and we also got the Partner Award where companies have been supporting people with a stammer but also they have helped the podcast in different ways so the inspiring story we've got four nominees we've got we got we got we got we got we've got Erin Marlowe we got Sabrina Riso, and Ed, Edward Lynch and the Megan Tomkeys. Tom and the winner is Sabrina Riso. So Sabrina, massive well done. She is a huge in, in she's got a style of art. She's also now a trained speech and language therapist to help people with a sound so that she can help them through her experience, but also through medical experience. And then we the Ally Award, we've got the four nominees. We've got Charlotte Tobin, Beth Collier, Matt Slope, Sloper, a, a, aka um, Carbon Coaching on Instagram, I and mean, we got Jack Cooper and Vinod miller And I mean, when it is Charlotte Tobin, Charlotte is an incredible publicist, doing amazing things, but also she's a huge supporter of the Stammer community and she's really taken my story through a personal level and it's it, but it's really interesting to hear her perspective as well to the community, because she sees the media from the other perspective, but also she can un. But she also sees lots of inspiring people. So now it's the familiar face award. We've got the incredible. We got four nominees. We got Mimi Darling Beauty. We got Ed Balls, Mr J W Jobview, and Drew Lynch. I mean, when it is Ed, is, Ed, is Ed Ed Balls. And he is a huge role model in the Stammering community. He does a lot of work for Action Stammering Children at Michael Palin Centre. And his story can relate to a lot of people, especially people later in life, who may have realized I hate, by have a Stammer. And we partner award we have three nominees, Sorry Coffee Company, Polestar, and Noala. And we win it, Sorry Coffee Company, who are a incredible local business who supported the Stammer Stories Live and, um, and they supported Sharon's content series much today, but also we are a true role model of a cafe who don't judge someone with a stammer. And those are the winners of the category. So well done everyone. You'll be getting some glory on social media and, and feel free to share. But Sharon, thank you so much for joining me on our Christmas special. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. And I hope you have a very Merry Christmas. I'm going to be <laughs> stuffing myself
0: to death, basically. Oh, so uh, <laughs> I'm very, very excited. But also, it means so much about your your interest and and then what, what you did at Stamus i Live. And, and even though we're taking a break on the podcast, we are going to be releasing more of Sharon's content series uh, from the event over the Christmas break. So you can see Sharon talk to to Harriet who who, who has a stammer. So look out for that on Instagram. And thank you to all our listeners for listening to this episode today. but Also for listening throughout the year. It's absolutely amazing that we support that you give a podcast and we got some really exciting things planned for 2023, so please, please keep an eye out. But also, we've got some more exciting guests coming on, and we're so excited to see the podcast grow even further. Remember to follow us on, on social media, on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, where we post stammering updates and uh, the stammering scenarios that everyone needs to realise that it's okay to have a stammer, where we post all our exciting updates as well on guest facts and everything. So we will see you in the new year and have a very good Christmas. Goodbye.